0: Guys, welcome back to the Relaxed Running Podcast. Tyson Popplestone here. I can't believe we're 93 episodes into this bad boy. I really hope you're enjoying it. Or well, if you're listening it and you've been here for a while, chances are you are. I'm glad that you're back. If you're here for the first time, welcome. I got my mate the balance runner on today also known as paul mckinnon that's his real name but secondary when i refer to him so this guy's been on a couple of times before he's known uh, for his technique coaching business here in melbourne but today we wanted to catch up and speak more about just athletics in general have a chat about what is going on in australian athletics the world of athletics what we're looking forward to with the London Olympics. And the why do I say that? That was 10 years ago. What am I What am I doing? It just rolls off the tongue. The Tokyo Olympics is what I was referring to. Though there was nothing wrong with talking about the London Olympics. It's just that it was a little bit in the past now. That was weird. Nine years ago. That was, uh, anyway, I need to get with the times. You'll forgive me. Today, uh, we also go down a couple of rabbit holes, which is always interesting with this bloke. So there's, um, there's some fun conversation, a little bit of banter, and some real good solid athletics talk so make sure you shoot him a message on instagram to let him know that you enjoyed his work guys if you're not a member over at relaxrunning.com just yet make sure you go on over check it out you get a three-day free trial on the membership you don't like it you get your money back actually you don't get your money back because you wouldn't have paid anything in those first three days you can just cancel and it's done so relaxrunning.com check out the membership there but that's enough from me i'm going to leave you to enjoy this conversation with myself and the great man paul mckinnon How's, uh, how's lockdown number seven going?
1: Uh, seven or eight. I'm not sure, sure which one this is. Oh, yeah. I, it's, it's, do you know what the hardest thing I find about it? Is because it's like sole trade, like I'm a sole trader, and, and essentially when we do the real snap hard lockdowns, I can't work. We can do the online stuff, which is, which is great. But it's the kind of the stopping and then starting up again and then stopping and then starting up again. Like, it, it, it's... Even mine... Yeah. But <laughs> um, just because you're kind of going, okay, good, I'm into it. And kind of okay where am I? Um, here's all my energy. I'm putting it in here. And this is what I'm kind of trying to do. And then, bang, stop. Yeah, okay. And then you kind of stop and then it starts back up. It's just, yeah, that, that's what I've struggled probably most. Being locked down, I'm okay with. I mean, it, it's not it's not so bad. You know, three, four days in, you kind of get a nice little separation zone. And then you can go again but from my personal side of it, But it's the Yeah that's real stop start And then now it's getting Onto two weeks So that's a
0: little bit too much Yeah Dude I get it I am I'm still doing a couple of days A week of Just casual relief teaching Up here at the local school So So if it's a lockdown up here It's just like all right, well you don't get paid For the week And uh it's a weird headspace because the first lockdown, I was going, oh, it's actually this is great, I'm fine. Like I can't believe I've got no, I'm not stressed, I'm not worried, nothing's nothing's causing any dramas. And then I was like, hang on a second, it's because you're just working from home, mate. Like you do, yeah. <laughs> like you're just not going to work. You get to avoid traffic and stuff. Yeah. And then when uh, when the lockdown was announced last week for a week, I was like, oh, gee, hopefully this one doesn't go on for too long. But, um, yeah, what were you thinking? Did you were you pretty confident they were going to keep you closed down for another week?
1: Yeah, I think once like by about day four when I was. You know that kind of three, six. So whilst there's not very many, you just know this is how they've done it before, and they're afraid of opening back up again. And then the next two days are like twelve, fifteen, twenty, and then yeah. So yeah. whilst there's no zeros, I thought we we're going to be kept in.
0: It made um it made organising this podcast a lot easier. I, I love it I love the fact I could say well, so for for those of you listening, I organised a podcast. Was it on the weekend? I said, hey man, do you want to do Wednesday? And then um. And then it was Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, I messaged you. I was like, dude, yeah, like a slight error with the timetabling. It's actually Jesse's birthday. I probably shouldn't be doing podcasts today. (laughs) So that was the only hiccup we faced. But um, yeah, when I said to you today, uh, like, how's 3 p.m. work? You go, yeah, look, I I knew you would have been lying to me if you said there was too much else going on.
1: Sure. Sure. Well, and, and even to fairness then Like you sent me a message saying I'm ready to go And you are Or something like that I was like Oh shoot I forgot all about that I was watching Peaky Blinders At the start of that And Peaky Blinders back on And I'm like Oh dear Oh dude I'm sorry oh, yeah, to interrupt Nah no, no. no. I, it's yeah, I don't know For one of those things You don't kind of schedule it Because you think Well I'm going to be doing nothing So I won't put it in my calendar Because I'm doing nothing But then you forget Because You haven't put it in his- <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, so, it in uh, I'm so
0: glad to hear That you're as excited For this podcast as I was <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, oh, I came out of my little office at two thirty just to prep, to try and make sure my hair looked pretty, get a little get a little pre conversation meal going, and uh, and and I was here at five two. I thought he'll be on any second, and then yeah, four past three came around. I thought he's, I think he's forgot. I'm just gonna send him a polite little love heart message and say, hey, are we are we still good? I told you I
1: was, I was spending time in the in the community garden, so I'd spent a good couple of hours. and I just sat down. And I'm like, Ooh, I'm buggered. Actually, yeah, you
0: said that before we uh before we started recording. But what is it? So you've you've got the little community. Plot down there in queue, and you just you're tossing up what it is that you're going to be planting. Yeah, uh, this so isn't it's... going to be a gardening podcast for people wondering. I just thought I haven't spoken to you for a while, so it's good to touch base.
1: <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, anyone listening. Uh yeah, it's just it's probably like about three by five meters, um, little plot. So I just kind of dug it up, aerated, put some um, fertilizer on, and just kind of looking at what I want to want to plant. Probably not a great timing. I might have to wait a month or two before I can start to get into some um, spring. Spring planning, but, yeah, that's what I was doing. It was nice to do something in the afternoon when we're not so busy. You can actually spend a couple of hours just kind of digging it up and,
0: yeah. Nice, man. So what's the deal? Are you guys, like, in Melbourne, I haven't followed it too closely. Like, are you – so you're obviously (laughs) allowed out of your house for a bit of exercise or whatever they say. Yeah, that
1: was my exercise. So I went for a run a little bit earlier today and he's up, you know, know, 30, 40 minutes of my – Two hours exercise time and then... Yeah, yeah I always I take it the,
0: that if I don't get caught for the first 30, uh, 40 minutes, my two-hour time limit's extended. So, so unless, count, I'm pulled, unless I'm pulled up with 45 minutes to go, I go, okay, I better be good. Otherwise, yeah. it's like a, a, you know what, it resets. Well, I know
1: some, I know some people, <laughs> I obviously won't name names, that when they go on their run, obviously it's only two hours, but some of you them know doing two hours, two and a half, up into three-hour long run. Um, so they don't sort of switch the watch on until an hour in or, or stop at a little hour earlier. I don't have that problem. <laughs> yeah no way no way
0: my my long run at the moment is up to the lighthouse here which is about a 7k return run and uh yeah there's there's definitely no three hour runs going on but man my idea for today was a little bit different because we were laughing saying all right it's the third time we've had the balance runner on um, every listener is going to have the best technique in the history of distance running if we talk about technique again so i I thought so before when we when I first started this podcast I had um one of my Really good mates. I was enjoying my time with him. I always anticipated the conversations. Thought, hey, we both love these. Matty Williams, the guru, we called him. He was the stats man of uh, of, of distance running in Australia, is what I call yeah. him. Anyway, it's been a tough gig getting him back on for a little while. I think he started to get a bit of notoriety through the podcast, and he <laughs> okay. thought, I can't handle this. I'm a quite humble man. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna uh, avoid all of Tyson's podcasts. I'm hoping he listens to this, so he knows that I'll give him a little bit of a, a rough run, encouraging him back. But I thought. Um, it could be good to touch base because obviously I don't know how switched on you are with what's going on in the Australian athletic circuit at the moment but with the Olympics coming up th- I feel like there's a there's a number of like good Aussie distance runners I'm biased Dave McNeil I want to talk to you about him I don't know if you've been following his results lately
1: oh, I saw his yeah he saw his um qualification time the other day pretty impressive particularly after like he's had some you know up and down injury stuff or like kind of coming back and he's had some good solid work now and he's yeah laid down a pretty good time couldn't believe it so his dude
0: his parents have a like a sick holiday house probably two k's not even two k's 1500 meters down the road from me like to the nice part of town we're in it we're in uh on the middle of a highway, his parents got the beachfront property. I'm not kidding, like a four story house, the most insane, he invited me over there for a run and I felt did so, he, I felt, okay, I rocked up. He told me he was bit, in Queenscliff and I found yeah. out where he was <laughs> It <is. laughs> I feel
1: um, like you're kind of stalking him a little bit. It
0: was a little bit, it was a little bit. I watched him get home twice and then I knew how to knock on his door, he had no escape. But um, uh, why did I tell you that? Oh, I told you that because it I went sounds. to his four story mansion and uh felt arrogant, but we went for a we went for a little run that morning and I uh, said, man, like how's the form? And he had recently come off running like a 746 for 3K a couple of weeks earlier, which sort of blew my mind. Yep. And uh I speak to him a little bit on this podcast and I didn't realise that he was in that kind of form. I thought, all right, Dave McNeil he's still a good runner. Um, but I thought if he's if he's running under 755, I would call that a great run. Anyway, he told me that he agreed with that. He thought oh, if I could run around 750. I would have been impressed. I was like, "Thank God, I wasn't underestimating him. Yeah. He came out, and ran that seven forty six, but the um the that really big one that he did, he went over and ran thirteen twelve, and sort of blew the wheels off Big Rambo, and yeah. uh, it's it was just insane.
1: Yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, I, that was probably the yeah. You say surprised, not because you're surprised at the result, but like you know, Ramson had been doing so well, had um, some really good results, and seemed to be priming himself for somewhere about that time because he he was a he was a um like a pacer for one of the races and he was a you know kind of lead out man for a couple of others so he wasn't really setting himself for those races it seemed like that was kind of about that race that he was he was looking towards and i don't know if that's true or not and then yeah it just kind of got dropped a little bit um yeah dave obviously he's fit he's doing well yeah
0: it's so crazy, man. Yeah, so so on this on this run he was sort of telling me about a couple of the plans that he had to, you know, hopefully go over to Europe and, and, and do a little bit of running and do his best to qualify for the Olympics. And honestly, I don't know if he was just being humble or, or whether he was playing his cards close to his chest. But the way he was talking, I thought, oh, okay, so maybe it doesn't sound like it's like super, super likely. But then to see him go out and run thirteen twelve, which is obviously I don't know what his old P B was, but there's not too many blokes in Australia. Apart there'd be like Stewie McSwain and uh What's his name? Morgan McDonald, I reckon, would give him a little bit of a shake. I think Rambo on his right day might run somewhere around that. But are there, are there any other 5K oh. boys that you, that you think? Because I jumped the gun. As soon as I saw he ran 13-12, I just put out an Instagram thing on Relaxed Running. And said our boys going to Rio because I just wanted to just uh, Rio. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, sorry. Yeah, he's gone to Rio. He's he's gonna be so disappointed. He's gonna be so disappointed when he gets there and realizes there's no Olympics. Um, gee, I'm gonna have to go back and check that. Actually, I, I hope I didn't say he's going to Rio because that would have been uh, that would have been embarrassing. One of my mates messaged me. He's like, hey, he hasn't qualified officially yet. Okay, yeah, I'm just I'm just putting it out there. I'm gonna I'm just gonna plant my uh, plant my bets early and say that he yeah. will.
1: I, don't, I can't yeah. think
0: of too many other guys that are going to uh, get in his way, apart from Stewie and Big Morgan McDonald and Rambo. If he has another crack, if he
1: has another crack, yeah, I think they're probably the. Just trying to think. Joe Edwards isn't going to do five k, is he?
0: I don't think so. I don't actually yeah. know what he's run for five k. I don't. I yeah. don't see why he would either. Just with um, we spoke about uh, that race briefly over the phone a few weeks ago, and man, how how good did he look? Over. so yeah. this is um for, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about the australian athletics champs um stewie mcswain went out and he he, he does what i love about Stuart mcswain like he just laid it down this is this is probably like a month ago now isn't it maybe even more Oh, it's probably a
1: bit longer yeah it's probably six eight
0: weeks ago now yeah, um, yeah eight weeks ago he just laid it on the line i thought oh man I, it's just a it's a really nice a really nice race style to watch and then i i told Jai this like it I saw him sitting on him, and I had no idea who he was. I was like, "Who's this <laughs> ballsy little bastard?" Yeah. Just hanging on, and then you said to me that you were watching, uh, you were watching him with about 300 meters to go, and you thought, "Hang on a second, like how how smooth does he look?" And it's true, I could see it as well. He just looked like he is just in a little sweet spot. But then when he came around Stewie with 100 to go, I thought, "Hang on a second, this guy's this guy's the real deal."
1: Well, that's probably what I oh, I noticed probably more the the 700 meter mark, the 300. Yeah, you're just kind of holding the same, but the going down the back straight. Um, on the second last lap, just seeing how smooth he was. Can you, um, did you just pick that up? That was Charlie yeah.
0: having a little hissing yeah, yeah. up. <laughs> Jesse said if he well. gets he, too bad, I'll take him for a walk.
1: Uh, Charlie's like, yeah, you're right <laughs> on. I saw that too. Um, yeah, about 700 meters to go. And he's just not only how smooth and how comfortable he was doing it, because it wasn't like Stuart looked like he was thrashing around and you know, he didn't look like he, he, was, he was in any... Um, any bother in in regards to like as much as you can't be in in that kind of position but it was the actual movement he was making you know like how he was actually moving not only made it look smoother but it was just um for me as a technique coach it just it was very pretty to watch whereas you know Stuart being quite tall it's still a little bit shortened in the movement so it is not choppy so i don't like i don't want to get the wrong way but like it is when you see him running next to each other along that back straight, it was just a really interesting comparison. This dude is our, you know, best middle distance runner Australia's ever had, record wise. And then his jive behind just running so smooth, the movement, how it was synchronized up and the movement patterns, how they worked together between arms and dominant movement and legs comparably, is was noticeable. So then you could start to see the length of stride that he was holding compared to Stu, which is just slightly shorter. And then when I got to that kind of the back straight with about, yeah, 250 or 300, 250 to go, and it was just holding, like, this is, he's looking powerful now, where Stewie kind of looked like it was just more of a, I'm holding on the same pattern. I don't look like I'm dying, but it's having to work to hold this, whereas Jai just looked like he had some power left if he had the tank left. So that's where, like, he, he obviously trained so well, and his movement, the capacity was there. Is whether or not the engine still had any you know petrol left in which it did so you actually had the gears to go through and the gas to, to actually put the foot down a little bit so that's what I really enjoyed about that race
0: that's pretty good I was laughing with Jesse actually because uh, I think people know now that I've said it enough times Jesse has very little interest in distance running she was so <laughs> glad when I gave it up because she didn't have to pretend that she cared how fast I ran a 1500 <laughs> but I was that we were up in Queensland at that time and I was, uh, I was watching that race and even with, it was with 300 to go, she goes, oh my God, this guy looks good. And I was yeah. like, babe, really good observation by you. He does, he looks incredible.
1: Yeah. And uh,
0: I think I, I said to her actually, I go, yeah, well, it, it obviously wasn't a, it's not that much of a breaking right, but I go, I reckon, like, I, I think he's going to run past Stewie. Um, but it's always, a, it's so easy to say something like that. But when you start pushing up on the shoulder of a bloke like Stewie, you got to expect a little bit of a fight. But as you said, like a, a, I think he had that petrol in his tank just to allow him to overrun. Apparently, there was a little bit of um, a little bit of a headwind on the back straight as well. I'm not sure how much of an impact that would have made on Stewie, but I know in the races that I've uh, I've run in the lead for a little while, I certainly <coughs> was pre Fontaine, and uh, there was there was plenty of moments where I'd be at the front. And I always found just like the um, it was almost the mental pressure of having a whole field trailing on you that I found really difficult. Like that's one thing that surprises me or impresses me about Dave Rudisha. Is just his capacity yeah. to run from the front, like he—he's uh, he's he's London world record, where he just ran out from the front, yeah. held the whole way, no one came past. He just didn't see anyone. I thought, man, that's a—it takes a special kind of athlete. So I, I knew sort of from personal experience that it'd be tough to, well, you know, with a quality athlete like Joe on your shoulder, it's going to yeah. be tough to hold him off with a hundred to go. But I thought, I thought Stewie might have might have been able to deep, uh, sort of delve yeah. down a tiny bit deeper and hold on. But it was a bloody good race, uh, to say the
1: least. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think normally, like, is used to either in in the bigger races, like the Diamond League races, there's some some paces, or um, obviously you can't have that with the National Championships. And normally he's used to just running away from them. so you can completely understand why it wasn't like a tactical thing. I was just like, well, I want to get I want to get a record time, and I've got to go because I probably don't have much or well, haven't previously had a lot to go with. And then Jai's done tactically a pretty good race. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's not real, man. <laughs>
0: It's been exciting watching him uh I don't know what the Diamond League race was it Gateshead last weekend? There was a there was a Diamond League race that yeah, yeah, finished know, second it was in he Yeah, just behind kept guy who beat him and uh mate it's know, was, just, it
1: wasn't the Ingebritsen brother? One of the, the oh, he, He's
0: actually sorry, he's raced two. He's raced yeah. two. So the first one was uh was was the Ingebritson Jr., Jacob, and then I think like he won in about three. Oh, that's right, three thirty-six. That was Gateshead because I think it was a real blustery, windy, <clears> wet and cold day. Because um, the commentators just, were like, it was still a pretty good run. He's a
1: like bass, just like he's you know he's from King Island. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's you should have so, won that one, Stewie. Yeah, that was prime conditions Of course.
0: <laughs> that was um that was it. We'll get to Ingabritz in a minute, actually. But uh, yeah, he ran a second race in. Oh, it was Doha. Yeah, he ran yeah, a second okay. race in Doha and finished uh in like 331 again and just uh I just like watching him because I feel like he's he's at that point in his career now where he's uh he's just so confident in his ability that he just goes with whoever it is in the field and I'm I'm really curious to see him going into uh to not Rio to Tokyo That's to Tokyo. see what kind of uh what event firstly he chooses and then I, I personally reckon he's <clears throat> got to go 15 and, and five just because I think his 1500 is uh is I don't know, I just feel like there's so much potential there. There's so much yeah. potential, and I wouldn't put it past him. I know there's a massive call, but I reckon if he had the race of his life, there's definitely a medal in those legs of his.
1: Oh, I would disagree. I think, yeah, and I think that's kind of the exciting thing because he's so consistent. You don't see him very often just have a real poor one. You know, like he's always there and thereabouts, so if it comes to one of those races where he just kind of unlocks something, you could see him go, you know, a couple of second PB, and you just think... This would be cool to watch. So that's, like, that's one of the ones I'm looking forward to watching um, if, if Tokyo goes ahead. <laughs> fingers crossed. Dude, I've, I've really got my fingers crossed. So I, um, if I look
0: distracted, there's so many. So there's a construction site happening two doors down from me. I just heard a car alarm go off, and then I heard some music. And I'm not sure if it's coming from upstairs and it's Charlie or whether there's some shenanigans going on in Queenscliff at the moment. So that wasn't that you were boring me. That was just that I could, uh, I could hear I mean, something happening <laughs> down the, the road. Time. Um, but speaking of uh, speaking of good races, we mentioned him a minute ago. I, I don't know how much of a fan you are of uh, a little Jacob Ingebrigtsen, but he's been a pretty incredible bloke to watch as well. The last sort of eighteen, probably two years now, you'd say.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is the thing that I like most about him is that he's the best mover of the three. You know, so I, I like watching good movers, but I like watching good movers win or be successful because it kind of you know taps into what I do and why I do it. So that's the same thing, going back to that giant Stewie race, same kind of thing, you know, the better mover, in my opinion, won. Um, so that's why, I like, in, in essence, you know, Iker has been most successful, and there's more to it than just that, no doubt, completely get it. But it's allowed him to do as much training as he does, and he's obviously got a, a pretty um, strong will to, to be successful. Uh, yeah, so that, that's probably what I like about him. But again, he is so consistent, and he's got range. Yeah, you know, like he's done a couple of um what do you do like a five or 10k road uh, road race about That's right. four or five months ago
0: uh-huh.
1: um and got the national record you know running against his brothers so i do like that like i, I like that
0: and he's pretty impressive he's um he's a straight like he is I, I know exactly what you mean like he's such a he's such a smooth mover but it's funny when you put him like if you if you were going to compare the technique to to him and like a rudisha or an algarouge or something he it's sort of deceptive, I think. It's deceptive how quick he's running. I remember the first time when he was about 16 years old, there was, like a, there was a YouTube video, and this was before I knew he was Jacob Ingebrigtsen, and uh, they said, all right, this guy's just broken the world 16-year-old record for 800. And I saw, I saw the bloke that they'd referred to as the bloke who was, who, like on the start line, the bloke who was going to be going for this record. And then I watched the first 100 meters, and I thought, no, they're, not, they're obviously not running that quick. Like, There's no records tonight. And then they went through the first lap in about 51 seconds. And I thought, like, his, his actual rhythm, like, his, his movements don't seem to match the pace, which is probably true for a lot of good athletes. Like, you'll look at a Rudisha, for example. I watched one of him from 2011 just yesterday. And uh, Sammy Tangui's pacemaker took him through 400 metres. Sammy went through in 49.6. And I reckon Rudisha must have been just on the 50 second mark, maybe slightly under. And you look behind a Nick Simmons, like all these world-class athletes were thrashing around. And just, they, they look like they are in a world of hurt, and rightly so. And then you look at the face of Rudisha, and you go, mate, he's he looks like he's barely even breathing.
1: Well, I think you t- touched on it a bit, is that the thrashing. So whenever it ever looks like an effort, you've gone too far. Like there's something to do with the movement and the technique that's gone wrong because you're having to work really, really hard to have that high pace. And then it's really hard to rev that high for any period of time. So I think anything 800 and under, you're probably going to be going flat out at one point or another or or pretty close, but anything above or even, you know, 800 and above you're running sub-maximal. So it should never look like it is, is an effort. It is an effort, but it shouldn't look like it, you know, and you touched on um, your partner saying the difference between Stu and John that race. And whilst, as you said, she has zero interest in, in, um, in running itself, but, uh, you know, enough to to know what you've done before and and, and had some sort of understanding. But you could notice the difference between the two because one is more powerful, a bigger movement, and a smoother. And we go back to young Jakob, and you're thinking, oh, he's moving a lot faster than what it looks. It's because the movement is a powerful, big, open movement, and it's not effort that is doing it. It is a strength and a movement and a fitness to hold it for a period of time. Not a, I'm going to thrash and I'm going to have to look like I'm running hard. Whereas we see that so often, you know, you go down to Parkrun or, you know, all the races that we watch in the community base. And it's like, there's people holding effort for a long period of time. They've just chucked it in second gear and they're just revving high for a long period. And they wonder why it's hard to do, effortful, taxing, injury laden, you know, like because it is an effort. So I think that's what you're kind of touching on in regards to his movement because yeah, it's such a big, powerful, open movement, it just held for a long period of time. Yeah,
0: that was one of the things I was really interested in talking to Jai Edwards about on the podcast because I, I asked him if he'd uh, if he'd done any technique work, and if I'm remembering correctly, I don't think he'd he'd done a lot. I think it was quite natural. He's like a um, probably rudisha in the same sense. Probably I, I can't imagine he's he's done a whole heap of focus work. He's probably just a bit of a genetic freak, and I don't know if that's true. I don't know, but um. Uh, but the reason I brought that up was because I was I was surprised that um, that Jai said he had had a little bit of trouble with, with some injuries. And whether that was just the way that he was sort of, I don't know if that had to do with landing or loading or whatever it was. But it su- always surprises me when you see someone who moves so smoothly struggle with injury. And he, for whatever reason, he said, uh, I, I, I need to go back and listen to exactly what he said. But essentially, he hadn't had too much trouble the last sort of 18 months. Um, but at the start of 2020, I think he was saying he's like, "Man, I don't know if I can keep going with this because I just keep breaking down a little bit." So he's obviously strung some really good quality training together, and um, and things have clearly started to click. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like you made the point with with I'm going to say Jakob now because I don't want to look out cultured, outclassed by, by your pronunciation. <laughs> but uh, but one thing that's interesting about him is, as you say, like his movements obviously so smooth, and he uh, he was doing some incredible mileage from a really young age, and I think a lot of people. Uh, probably myself included, heard that and was like, oh, mate, maybe back it off a little bit. And I don't know whether that was actually thought through or whether that was just me getting caught up with popular opinion. But no, um, did,
1: you ever, did you ever watch any of their documentary?
0: No. I've actually seen a couple of clips. Like, I know the documentary
1: you're talking about. Yeah, I, I can't, remember who, can't remember who mentioned it. I, I might have seen it on maybe even like um, Sinead's story at one point. I was like, well, what are you talking about? This is like three or four years ago, three years ago. So I looked it up on YouTube and I watched, I reckon, the first season, season and a half of it before it started to go all scattered. I couldn't find the, um, you know, to, to continue on with the series. And that was when, like, early on. So he was, he was like 12 and he's on the treadmills at, you know, 5 a.m. in the morning down in the dungeons of, this, this, of their house. <laughs> and, but it wasn't like the dad was necessarily pushing him. Oh, it's it an interesting dynamic, if you were. I was going to ask you about this in a minute. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. But he was just driven from a younger age because his brothers are like what four and five or four and seven years older, so they were competing at high levels already and doing hard sessions. And he's little, you know, little of just kind of just jumping on the back of him and and doing it. So he was kind of self-driven a bit. Obviously, the the dad was a little bit hennessyish, you know, kind of <laughs> you know, kind of kind of thing. um It's just an interesting watch. So, to watch him kind of progress into where he is now, I still think he's only, what, 20? Um, I think. I don't know. I think he's about 20. And you just think think he's an elite, elite performer.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch the progress because I remember watching, um, even watching Gregson come through. Like, I know he's a completely different case, completely different athlete. But I was, like, and obviously ran nowhere near the level that these boys are running at, but, but still probably trained as, as hard as what a lot of them did. And I remember seeing, I think I was about 20, maybe about 22. Gregson was about 17 or 18, and he came through just with some real big times. And I was thinking, mate, this guy's going to set the world on fire. So I say that because I, 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 it's going to be interesting to watch whether, like, Jakub is a, a little bit of a steve vet in the sense that he's just peaked real early, real hard um i i hope that and, and sebco's got a great quote about like there's there's still one direction you can take when you get to your top you don't have to go back down but you can you can plateau you can just go across mm. and even for a bloke like Jakob, like with the level that he's at now even if he does plateau and he just manages to just stay injury free um and just keep racing the way that he races he's he's like uh i think it was stewie that you referred to earlier as being one of those blokes that you know when he's on the start line it's just going to be a good race i put i put him in uh like Jakob in the same sensors on the same realm as like a nick willis back from 2014 2013 maddie Centrowitz who they're just the kind of guys that we're on, when they're on a the start line you're like all right these guys are definitely going to be competitive it doesn't matter who's in the scene and there's something i don't know whether it's trained or natural or what maybe a combination of both but there's something in his brain that just allows him to
1: win and it's yeah. so
0: it's so cool to watch
1: i think that consistency of training that he's had for a long period of time has allowed him to, you know, kind of perform at a consistent level as well. Um, whether or not it was managed or luck, I'm sure he has his injuries or has his time off and had it down, but it's kind of allowed that. I remember, I'll never forget um, what Trim used to say, like he always, you know, had to find time, like when to peak and like when to kind of be at the best because he couldn't kind of be there all the time, like he kind of trained for it and get okay. Whereas whoever he was racing against, it was either some of them were were like able to kind of hold that consistent or there's always going to be enough of the, um, particularly Africans running well that, and it was never the same one, but there was enough of them that they were that good, that there was someone going to be running at that pace or that, that time. And he's, I couldn't do that. So I had to have those kind of up and downs, but he was still by far, particularly during that period, our best middle distance runner, even when he was at his kind of lower point. We had to get up, so it was yeah, to be able to kind of continually perform at that level, which is probably why um, Stu is so impressive because he seems to be able to hold it for long periods of time up there. Um, but you never know, like, I, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm a rookie, I don't have any idea about periodization and that sort of stuff. I'd always refer on to other people for that, but I wonder if holding that level. For a long period of time, might take away from the dip and then the peak. You know, like being able to hold kind of at 80, 90 percent takes away from the ability to really have a breakthrough. I don't know, but it is impressive that he can hold that kind of time, um, all those times, so frequently.
0: It is. It is. So, what are you? Are you speaking on like a like a more long-term scale when you're saying about the um the ability just to train at sort of 80, 90 percent makes it maybe. Do you say more oh, difficult no, no.
1: To... I, I don't know. Like it's just yeah. it's just a, it's like a, a question of I wonder if being able to or or trying to or having the ability to perform at that level all the time or um, having enough races to be able to do that takes away from the ability to kind of um, have a rest uh, and then and yeah, then a remote. Sure, I see again. what you mean. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, that, I, I think I understand away. Like sort of talking, if you're looking at a
0: at a boxer, like they're going to have, they're going to probably have a fight. I know it's more physical in terms of the toll it takes on your your headspace and stuff like that, but you're not yeah. going to, you're going to sort of peak every three months or so, give yourself a chance
1: to fully recover. And... Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Sort of along those lines. And so being able to or seeing that consistency um, and the ability to perform at that really elite level so frequently, it uh, does it. It's a question. That's not even a, a thought. Yeah, no, no. no, nah, no. I know like what you're I saying. It's an interesting question, though. Rather than just saying, okay, look, because I know they do have their down periods. But it's not like they just get thrashed all year-round. I know that. Um, but being able to go, okay, well, I'll miss out on these two races so I can kind of recover a little bit longer and then really push hard and then go again. I'd, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just impressive. Definitely impressive to run at that elite level so far. Okay, so he's he's one that I'm I'm super interested. I'm excited to watch him in uh in in Tokyo. It's funny how much I want to say Rio now after that one yeah. one little slip. Uh, I, I reckon he's going to be super hard to beat at the fifteen hundred meter start line. I know it's uh, it's Cheriet who who beat Stewie in Doha the other day. I don't think Inger Britson's ever beaten him, but um he's just on the rise. Like as we've established, he's a pretty young fella. I don't know how old Chariot is. But, uh, but with his ability just to keep rocking up and racing, I think it's going to be, a, it's going to be at least a, a really interesting race to have. But you said something earlier that, uh, that I think is so true, and I, found it, I always find this interesting in whatever the sporting context it is that we're referring to. But Britson with his older siblings, or his older brothers uh, especially, and just their competitive nature on the, on the, uh, uh, the running scene... I always find it interesting to see the younger brother come up and just seem to leap off the shoulders of, of the older brother. Like I used to train with a bloke, Craig Huffer. I think I might have mentioned him to you before. He's run 3.36, and he was, I think he was 20, maybe even 19 when he ran that. And his older brother, Dean, probably four years older, good, good runner himself. And uh, that was, I think that was Charlie, just fell down the stairs. He's a good runner himself. But... um in in comparison to sort of what his younger brother did it was just crazy to watch him sort of leap off those shoulders but i always always find that interesting is it is it the same in the in the hockey scene because i feel like it's a whenever i meet an older brother who has a younger brother doing the same sport i go okay this guy i reckon is going to be pretty good
1: yeah it's true like it, it, it's i think it's um most sports and, and it's not all times but there's a higher frequency of the younger sibling doing a lot bit like in, in my case i had two older two older brother and sister, so yeah, no, came through. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to ask you: Do they both play hockey? Yeah, they do. They both play hockey. They're both very, very good too.
0: Yeah, but no, no, Paul McKinnon.
1: Oh look, I probably took up more opportunities to to train and to go overseas and that sort of stuff. It didn't necessarily mean I was better. Um, just took different different avenues. Yeah, but it does happen really frequently that um, like the younger sibling, whether it is um, younger brother, younger sister, just sort of has that. I don't know. They've probably been around it for longer, so they kind of have a little bit more understanding of it. They might've started a little bit earlier. Um, there's obviously probably a, a capacity within the family to, to be successful in it. So there's already that kind of thing. So that's when the, a little bit more of like the nature leads into the nurture. And um, yeah, I think there's probably multiple factor. And you know the younger sibling always wants to be a part of, or more, more often than not, be a part of the older siblings' lives and, and then can be competitive with them. and yeah.
0: Yeah, it's so true. Man, I'm going to pivot because I want to ask you about something. I um, I was doing a bit of background research the other day just to find out if there's anything that I might be able to spring on you that would be really interesting. So I listened to the podcast of uh, the Inside Running podcast with you and Moose.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, good conversation. Bro, I had no idea you cold called him. I was so impressed with that story and the balls that you showed in that conversation that I feel like he's an intimidating fella to cold call. So a little bit of context. Obviously, you're helping him with his technique and training and stuff at the moment um but walk me through that story because I uh, I listen to moose and I go oh, you wouldn't want to get on his wrong side he seems like a pretty straight up kind of person if there was if there was one bloke out of the three of them who hosts the inside running podcast he would have been the one that I was most scared to contact
1: now, he's the one that and for that reason was the one that I, I wanted to target um I think also like with the stuff that he'd spoken about on the actual uh, on the podcast was that he felt limited or he felt like there was something kind of holding him back or there was you know he was talking about when he finished his marathon prep then he'd go back to like 5k out to 10 you know trying to really put and take his time down but he, he struggled to really break a barrier so there was that part of it he was already starting to be really um inquisitive about what he was what he was doing and why why, what was happening was happening um and everything that you just mentioned um then was was the reasons why i um targeted him really like you see it as a challenge and I felt like I knew I could do what I could do well, um, but if you could get through to someone like that, who, whilst is inquisitive, is is very you know stubborn, and and you had to be to, to be as good as he is, but stubborn and, and quite forthright in his thoughts. That, um, yeah, that was the person to to call. So yeah, I'm a cold call.
0: So good. That's one of the... It's so good. Like, I think that's one of the reasons the dynamics on that show work so well because you've always got him in one corner to say, mate, that's rubbish. That's absolute crap. And then Brady's like, oh, come on, man. I can't do Brady's voice. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> sorry, hard. Brady. Yeah. If you hear this one, mate, that was a very poor representation of your voice. Um, but, uh, no, you no, know, no, it's, it's really interesting. interesting. How's he travelling... Oh, sorry, go on. You were about to say so something. What
1: was, what was really funny, I, don't, I can't remember if we spoke about it during during that podcast, was um, you could actually... Through the conversation, you could feel the shift in, um, like his his, starting to like open up to the thought process of this was possible because initial period was like they've been contacted just heaps of times, you know by you know, PTs who've just first just done their first course or he um, said some, some physios, some strength and conditioning. You know, I can do I can do technique, and and he just goes all right. So he starts to ask questions. And he was asking a heap of questions and just like, just, you know, stand and good questions and kind of just walk, walk through them. And then he said, I remember him saying after, he said, i got to about, you know, the fifth or sixth question and I am oh, this guy's a little bit different. Like, this is actually a little bit different from what I've had. And he said, and then he started to get intrigued by it. And then that was when he, and then by the end of the conversation, he got, fuck man, I've got to go. No problem. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll be in Ballarat in a couple of weeks. I'll let you know, he goes, great. So that was kind of, you could actually hear the shift and he was kind of going, oh, hang on. Yeah, there's, there, he does know what he's talking about. This is a little bit different from what I'm I'm, I'm used to. And yeah, yeah, that was that's, kind of awesome, man. Of that. that's
0: funny. I can yeah. He seems he strikes me as the kind of bloke who would start off a little bit cynical and then wants real solid answers before he progresses with any relationship. So yeah. hey, congratulations yeah. on your victory. That sounds yeah. like you had some uh, you had some solid answers to be able to help him out. And he's um he's bloody gone on to because he's from a football background, wasn't he? He he played Aussie yeah. rules and got into he, did he get into American running late?
1: <laughs> he's no good, you reckon? That's why he's running. <laughs> That's so, so funny. Nah, so, what, was he he, he didn't play at a high level. Running? No, like He was playing, I think, yeah, down in Geelong. Like, I think as in all in, 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 Anglesey, talking. Like, he's down that area um, and playing. And then, yeah, kind of got into running um, more around that early 20s. He, he did it. What was it? Luke Bell was telling me um, they did a marathon. And I think it was Julian's first or second marathon. And Julian was, like, stoked because he did, like, a low threes or high twos or something. And and, and Luke was a um, a triathlete, and he did, like, a 240 or something like that. Like, Luke was an elite Ironman. Like, I think mean, he came second at Kona a couple of times. But that was, like, you know, Julian was stoked. And Luke's going, and you're a marathon runner? You know, like, there was a bit of... And then all of a sudden, next time he raced, he was down to, like, 230 or dropped down a heap. So he kind of progressed... Really quickly, from from my understanding, from when he started at like a three ten or twenty or something to a two fifty, to, to it, like I came down really quickly, um, and that's when then he started to kind of chip away and yeah, two fourteen now like pretty impressive.
0: That's super impressive, yeah, to say the least. It's super impressive. I um, do you know Dion Finocchiaro?
1: Yeah, I did a session with him just a couple of weeks ago. Oh, did you? Great bloke. Yeah. So so yeah, yeah. when uh,
0: when he first got started with his running he he came down and ran with our group and uh man from the get-go it was like all right this guy's uh he's cut from a different cloth in the sense that he's uh what do you say he he's just a grinder like he can just go and go and go and uh he, he i don't know anyway the reason i bring him up is because i reckon i think his first marathon it might not have been his first he went out and ran sort of 256 you know that's pretty solid but that's very hey. good and then I reckon he went out and ran like a Trowalgun marathon. I don't know how much later it was or how many marathons later it was, but he went out and ran about two two twenty five or two twenty six. And I'm from Trowalgun and I know that marathon course well. And that is the worst marathon course <laughs> you could ever want to do. Sorry for the event organisers down there, but it's a it's a long and lonely and often windy route. And I thought, mate, it just it suits him to a T. Um, why did I bring him up? Oh, I feel like he's cut from the same cloth as a as a Julian Spence. This this marathon breed of of human is a. I don't know if it's across the board marathon breed of human, but there's a particular marathon breed, like these guys who, especially Dion. Like I think he's the fifty k record holder now, and he just goes out for just random like eighty or ninety k runs that he he strives. One of the most impressive things. But um, why did I, I mean, bring was that pretty, up? There's a reason he for was it.
1: Pretty similar in. Um and what we spoke about before we did some work together was that he was similar in regards to his 5k time he wants to kind of bring it down and get some of that really raw speed but really struggles struggled to um get that power into the movement to allow or to create a higher end range to be able to then like he's obviously got an engine he's got the fitness he's got the <laughs> the um the headspace to do well enough uh, but yeah, like kind of limited by that top end pace. So that was a part of that, which is similarity.
0: Yeah, interesting, man. So the the kind of cloth that I was trying to refer to him being cut from was he was on the show a while ago and I remember him saying, so he was working He was working as a chef years ago and he was doing uh, like 16 hour days or whatever it is that chefs do. That's probably just like a short <laughs> day in the life of down. And yeah. uh, so he had the option to, he had his hour break. He could go and get a meal, just chill out a little bit. because He's been on his feet all day. But he's like, nah. I usually like I used to just finish sometimes at midnight, and I'd go out and do my long run. <laughs> and I was like, mate, no wonder, no wonder you've progressed so quickly. Like the fact that your body can absorb that kind of stuff, oh, and my God. just that's a crazy willpower. It's a, do you know the Iron Cowboy? Have you heard of the Iron Cowboy, yeah, James Lawrence?
1: I watched a documentary on him a couple of years
0: ago. So, dude, he's uh, he's in the middle right now. My mate messaged me. He's in the middle right now of a uh, hundred Ironmans in a hundred days.
1: I'd read something recently that he was doing that. I was like, oh, why?
0: Why would you do it? <laughs> I know, oh, but it's still so impressive. Oh, yeah. Is it though? <laughs>
1: what do what, yeah. what you, what oh, makes you, uh, oh, what makes you negative about it? I'll nail, nails into the bottom of my feet for 12 hours and then for a hundred days straight. Is that, is that going to be impressive? Oh, I don't know. I just, like it is. It's super impressive. It's super impressive. It, like it, it makes me sick. It's that impressive. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, ah, uh, I don't know. Like it's just too far. That, like this, a, it's that a long like way. I just think, I go, like, it's too far. It's, he's, yeah. Like, why? <laughs> you know, like, he's doing good things, and I think he's raising money. You know, which is pretty admirable. Yes. You think, fuck, hundred days of that? Honestly, imagine like, yeah. how much that takes
0: off your life. Oh, seriously. I reckon yeah, he was he was what was he? He was forty-eight when he started. He's now seventy-three.
1: Oh yeah, he's three days in. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's oh, wait, right. fifty days in.
0: <laughs> the the first one he did, like they go through this on the documentary, obviously, but that first one that he did was I reckon uh, this is a massive this is a massive exaggeration and so not true. But the hardest part would be almost the um what not the dynamics, it's the the itinerary, trying to make it because he was doing fifty states, fifty days, fifty Ironman. And uh, I think he started in Hawaii, and he's like, "All right, crap! Now I got to get to now I've got to get to California."
1: <laughs> There's well, I eight. remember, was it who was it that did? Um, was it Rich Roll that did the five Iron Man in five days on five islands of Hawaii? I think it was Rich Roll. Yeah. So and it, yeah, the logistics of it, trying to get from island to island and starting in time and giving enough time to be able to get it done to get to the next island was like probably harder than actually getting them done. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I think that was I think that's. I think that's him. Yeah, yeah I reckon you you're right. You look at that and go, "That's ridiculous." Five what a pussy! Five what a pussy! No, oh, yeah, I don't think that at like, all.
0: I think that is so soft. Do a hundred, mate. Wanna, do 94. i
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna do. I'm, no, I'm not gonna do that because that's just a waste of my time. I can do that. <laughs> Try <100. laughs> It's so, mate. Honestly, I'd
0: do one, and I'd be, <laughs> be the most arrogant bloke walking around Queenscliff. So yeah, five, fifty, a hundred. Come on now. Far. I
1: can't swim. I can't get past the first bit. Anyway, and,
0: what else yeah. you got? What else you got planned for the um for the next couple of weeks? You got anything interesting what, apart from your online stuff?
1: I um, started doing some professional development, court, like I oh, started to put together a professional development course for teachers. So um, I got a teaching degree, like yourself, but we never teach running in schools. Like if we do, it's probably a little bit of athletic stuff. Like a bit more sort of sprinting but even that's not like patterns and positions and, and the mechanics themselves so what i've yeah, started to do is put together this pretty much like four cube base like real four basic cues to teach kids primary school kids high school kids for high school um, and primary school pe teachers to be able to actually implement at the start of each year or at the start of second term, whatever, you, but do it every year and be able to kind of keep just re ingraining these movements, these cues, these patterns into the kids um, at school. You know, like everything's, it's school-based, i oh, sorry, school-based, it's um, running based sports that are always at school and they do their footy and they do their soccer and hockey and netball, and everything is kind of running based we don't get taught to run previously. And yet we get taught to kick and throw and pass and push and, and you know, shoot. For the running part, so yeah, doing a professional development um, course for for teachers, whether it's taught in schools as you know, professional development, like they do at the start of each or end of each term, or actually start to kind of do it at universities. I haven't rolled that out yet, but that's probably the, the next thing that I'm kind Dude, of doing. That's
0: exciting. That's awesome. It's funny you say that as well because I uh, I can't remember if it was before or after our last chat, but you mentioned. That you get thirty kids in a classroom, watch each of their techniques, and you notice that there's going to be thirty different techniques. And I'd sort of seen that in a practical sense before, just down at the athletics track. You could you could see fairly obviously that there's a lot of different ranges of techniques. But I had a year two class on one of my uh, PE classes a couple of weeks ago, and mate, some of the movements going around in there, I couldn't stop laughing. It was uh, yeah. it was it was hilarious. So I know on a practical sale, that'd be um, that'd be helpful. That'd yeah, be yeah, good. And it's and weird, and isn't it? How it's sort of a forgotten, not forgotten, like oh, you're living proof that it's sort I've of looked. forgotten art, but. It's overlooked. Yeah, that's a good way to put it because like swimming, tennis, golf, obviously it's the central focus for these sports, but when it comes to the efficiency of movement, like I was saying to you the other day, even some of the, which was, I was kind of impressed some of the footy clubs that I'm doing the running pre-season training work with, they say, oh mate, like, can you, can you walk us through a little bit of technical stuff? I said, like, I'm more than happy to, I'm more than happy to share with you. Yeah. But it surprised me. It caught me off guard that there was an interest at all because as you say, yeah, it is, it is from my experience in a lot of senses really overlooked.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that the, the simplified version, because it is a pattern of movement. I think mean, people forget that it's the pattern that's the important thing. It's not, it's not just, a, you know, arms, legs, feet. Like, it's, it's how they work together and the pattern and the sequence that is then repeated over and over again. Because what you'll see is even in, like, they're not strong enough yet, but you'll see a, a consistent pattern, even in the grade two kid. It's just they're not able to hold that pattern over and over and over again. As they get older and stronger and that becomes more and more ingrained, that pattern becomes their pattern we can kind of change it early. and I think if we can kind of make it um, uh, make it easy to understand, easy to teach. No, the, the teachers don't have to worry about what they currently do because that's a, you know like that's probably the, the development of what I do is getting the person to understand, feel, change, develop blah blah blah, like there's, there's a lot more to it and that kinesthetic mm-hmm. awareness. whereas for the for kids, just like anything, hold your hands like this, kick the ball on this point. yeah don't worry about what they're currently doing and how they're currently doing it. do this. Similar to running, hold your arms like this, move them in this manner, position your body like this, move it together with your legs like this, hold, you know, like, so there's, you know, kind of four really cute, uh, four clear cues awesome, that man. can just keep falling back to. So, they're, they're, that's probably the one thing. And the other is that, um, you know, like a membership-based online self-discovery option. So, people who don't want to see me one-on-one, which I wouldn't I know why they would well, yeah, no. I don't know why, <laughs> yeah. why they wouldn't. no. no. But, you know, for people who don't have the time or, you know, they're not around or, you know, so they can kind of lead themselves through it. And that's probably something else that I'm putting together. So series of videos so people kind of lead themselves through it. Awesome. How's it it coming along? We we sort of talked about it briefly last time we caught up, but... Uh, Well, if that's the case, slowly. Yeah, okay. Um, No, it's just about trying to make sure that the detail and quality is there um, for the individual to get the outcome that we both desire. in in a format that they want to do it. So that's probably the most important thing and just taking the time to make sure that that's that's pretty clear and concise.
0: Awesome, brother. Awesome. Um,
1: Before we go, the one thing we spoke about, or one thing we were talking about beforehand is what we're looking forward to in the races coming up Oh, At, okay. Now we mentioned. <laughs> I think that yeah, was so going to be the whole theme of the yeah, conversation, I was wasn't it? The so I've only got like a couple of minutes before I have to shoot off again. Well,
0: Jesse's, um, Jesse's sitting out on the balcony. The sun's going down, so let's make the let's yeah. make this a real quality few minutes.
1: Okay. So that was our main target. So I'm going to lead us through what we we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hey, it's yeah. the
0: relaxed running podcast. Whatever it happens.
1: Yeah. 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 You can see my you can see my O C D like, now we've got to tick off what we're gonna talk about. I love about. it. You know, like, I love I it. This is a... why I need friends like you in my life. So, um Kat Dissert. Looking forward to seeing what she does at that um eight hundred mm-hmm. I love what she does um in races. It's just brutal. Like I love it. Love watching her race.
0: In what just sense is hold. it
1: brutal? Oh because she just she pushes herself. Like she just really I know they all have a dip, but I don't know. There's just something about. I just like watching a race. Yeah. I um, really want to see Jessica Hull develop. I like want to see where she's. Yeah. She just keeps. Like, she's. <laughs> I always see her... a. <laughs> this is probably not ideal, but I always see a photo and just, she looks like surprised at how fast she's running. Like <laughs> you know, because she's running so fast. <laughs> um, and she's like, she just keeps kind of getting a little bit quicker, a little bit quicker, a little bit quicker. And I just want to see how. Like, I'm excited to see that. Awesome. And then other than the things that we'd already mentioned with, with Stu in the 1500, I'm looking forward to the marathon, both men and women. So I want to see how, you know, um, Jack and Robo go and see how Sinead and Ellie go. Well, if, if Ellie, yeah, Ellie's doing the marathon, not 10, I think, from my understanding. Um, so i would really interested to see how that goes. That is, so they're that probably, is. They're, they're my, yeah, most looking forward to races. And yeah, obviously all we Australian influence.
0: Yeah, awesome, man. That's good. Now I like I like all your recommendations. I feel like I went on a little ramble about who I was liking before. Stewie's the one I'm most excited about. Excited about Joy Edwards, those real middle distance ones. Jess Hull, that's um yeah great. I uh, am. Okay. I hear so many good. things I'm trying to get her on the podcast, but I've uh I'm I if I keep. Do you know her? No. Nah. No. Nah, I messaged Joy Edwards the other day because apparently he knows. I was like, Oi, can you hook me up? Because I don't want to be that bloke. I think I say this every time we have you on the podcast. I keep sneaking into people's inbox. I'm like, all right. Yeah. There's a one rule. It's there's it. a second rule. And then it's like, hey, stop it. <laughs>
1: There's a few now. Well obviously I did it as well with Lou. So there's you know, there's there's, there's yours was a cold
0: call. It was like he could have just gone, Hey, I don't want you here and he would've hung up. Mine's like even if you don't want it, my message is still yeah, sitting there. I'm coming at you. I'm sitting <laughs> on the
1: couch, I didn't
0: want to do this, and he just kept coming at me. Oi, <laughs> <laughs> bro, so good to so good to talk to you. It's good to catch up. That was um that was fun. Something a little bit different as well. So it was uh, I love that we still covered a little bit of technical stuff as well. Yeah, we somehow managed to work it. In it. Yeah, awesome, we'll
1: bring brother. It in a